On this episode of the Macworld Podcast, it's all about your hot takes. We'll respond to your thoughts on Mac OS Catalina, Apple's AirPods, iOS 13, and more. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Leif Johnson and Michael Simon. So before we jump into the hot takes of the podcast, we have a giveaway to talk about. That's the hottest take, Roman. That's the hottest take of all. It's sizzling hot. Macworld has teamed up with AnyTrans, the iPhone manager that helps users transfer, manage, and back up their iPhone content from one place to give away a free 64-gigabyte Space Gray iPhone 11 Pro Max to one lucky Macworld reader, along with a lifetime license of AnyTrans. Uh, the giveaway is ended, and the winner is Edward H. Yay, Yay Edward. Congratulations, Edward. We will contact Edward to make arrangements for him to get his new iPhone and his AnyTrans lifetime license. And also to clarify, we will reach out to the winner. I'm sure there's more than one person with the name Edward H. So we will contact you. So now it's time for your hot takes. Today we're doing a special edition of the show where we feature your hot takes from the Macworld social media feeds. The hot takes are your reactions to Macworld stories and other happenings in the world of Apple. We'll share what you wrote, and we will offer our thoughts. You can see the hot take postings in the show notes for this podcast on Macworld.com. And if you have a problem with the format, blame Apple, because we should be talking about the upcoming Mac event that apparently isn't happening. Yeah, we keep, uh, our last show, we were talking about the possibility of another fall event because there's all these other rumors of Macs and stuff like that coming out, and we haven't heard anything yet. The latest one said next year, and it looks like that's probably the case because they would the invitations probably would have gone out the latest today, and then by one o'clock ten, by one ten Eastern time, they haven't they haven't arrived yet. My my guess is no event in twenty nineteen. You know what's going to happen? We're going to be done with this podcast, and then we go go back to our desk, and then there'll be an announcement and event. I'm, event. I'm monitoring actively. But, <laughs> I like think I that said, happened usually, last time. It's usually like one on the button. Yeah, that happened last time. Go out. Yeah. 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 So maybe we triggered something. Who knows? <laughs> maybe somebody forgot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So why don't we go dive into the hot takes? Here we go. Uh, the first one is actually a question. Uh, about from Frank Piccolo from Pace, Facebook about the Find My App. He asked, any reason why the app can no longer be protected by Apple ID password? If someone has access to your phone, they can simply toggle off Find My, unlike pre-13 Find My phones. I actually didn't notice that when I started using Find My, that it doesn't ask you for like authentication, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a good point. So I, I don't have an answer. I wanted to bring it up for people who maybe use Find My to keep that in mind when you're using it, that it doesn't seem to do like a second authentication. Okay, I, w- I was just looking it up because I, I remember with my ex, uh, yeah, I would sometimes you know use my phone to log into her account mm. to see where it was. And now I see help a friend at the bottom. So there is that, because I was wondering, I was wondering if that removed that functionality. Oh, I see. Because yeah, you used to have to like log into your account to see it. Right. And, uh, but yeah, now it just automatically does default, but they still give you that option. Okay. Yeah. I thought when you said my ex, you were talking about your iPhone 10. No. 
Mm. Oh, yeah. So there's that. So in previous versions, the, the Find My iPhone thing, it would, every time you logged in, it would ask you for your password? I believe so. And now it doesn't? Is that what's happening? Yeah, it automatically opens up and shows where your devices are. Um, I do believe you used to have to log in like every. It was just like entering a, or it could have been like Touch ID or something. Like right, that. or like you would like verify on a different another device or something like that. I hope I'm not remembering this wrong, but I, I seem to remember it working that way. Yeah. So. The other hot takes are more about the release of Catalina and iOS 13. Uh, I have a couple of about. The release of Catalina, Rafalco81 on Twitter says uh, about the App Store and Catalina that it's still horrible. And at Sugar Glider Dude <laughs> on Twitter says that he's not touching it until it's had at least two updates. In the past, I have told people to wait a little while, but in my experience, the upgrading, at least on the Mac side, we're talk- I'm talking just on the Mac side, has been very consistent so i haven't been telling people to put off the update as much catalina has been a little different i mm-hmm. i haven't had any problems but i've seen a lot of reports of issues a lot of people online. freaking out about the thing the most convincing one that i have heard because I, I used to been like what, what are you using those old programs for anyway uh but uh, yeah. the uh, but the one the most convincing one i've heard is like scanner drivers and stuff yeah. that no longer works and so that's pretty bad okay i gotta admit that's pretty bad yeah there's the whole 32-bit and 64-bit issue that's mm-hmm. a problem but i'm hearing other things as well of stuff not working i don't know if that's related to the 32-bit issue but yeah the scanner issue is a big problem if you have a mac that's being used in a production environment mm-hmm. and you use a scanner there's a good possibility that that scanner driver has not been updated to be 64 bit mm-hmm. um, scanner drivers are it's kind of a type of software where the developer works on it and then they kind of just <laughs> don't don't ever touch it again because if it works they don't really make it uh updates and then sometimes it gets a, sometimes they get abandoned because scanners aren't mm-hmm. as widely used as they used to be right mm-hmm. Well, those of us who are still on Mac OS Sierra can use their scanners with, with uh, impunity. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what some people are doing. Some people aren't upgrading. Uh, some people I'm are... just lazy. It has nothing to do with the <laughs> fact that I'm afraid of bugs. I'm just, yeah. it's, it's a pain to update these things. And, um, it's not that much of a pain. Yeah. Well, it's a pain enough. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have my moment with <laughs> Windows. Is it's, so it's, it's, it's really not a pain. I just, I'm just lazy. Yeah. Sierra? <laughs> Plus, it's not my Mac. It's my uh, company's Mac. So I'm less inclined to uh, treat it like, uh, you know, like, like, like it matters. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, the, the other day, Apple released a supplemental update to Catalina. Mm-hmm. It's not even like part of the whole. Uh, versioning so it's not like 10.15.1 or anything it's just supplemental update and it's all bug fixes so it's not a point release it's just like a it's extra. just it's just called supplemental update it's not even, it doesn't even update your os to huh. a point release yeah interesting so there are some bugs and I, the, I think also the thing is that it's hard for me to say whether this is buggier than well, it's easy to say that it's buggered in previous releases, but the previous releases have been so kind of 
bug free mm-hmm. and kind of mad that. Well, here's the thing: we haven't had any like major right. bugs. Usually around this time, yeah. by this time, like remember the uh, there was the December first or whatever bug where everything went went crazy. Mm-hmm. There was the um, root the root bug where you can you know like access the uh, the root level of your Mac by um, I think just hitting return in the password field. There's there's been iPhone bugs. I mean, it's been free of both both iOS 13 and Catalina have been free of like major headline making. Oh my God, things are breaking bugs. So at least there's that. <laughs> they're just they're just they're, they're just annoyances. There's smaller point. annoyances that yeah happen yeah. Which is you know I mean those are never going to not be there. I just say they're up they're updating you know billions of devices right. at once. You know then yeah. things are going to be broken here and there as long as there's not you know a security issues and b issues where people can't use their devices as intended yeah i'm 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 inclined to allow it (laughs) yeah yeah i will say unless you're using features like the sidecar thing and everything it's not a huge difference. I mean, you got, well, you got the services. There is that. You got to, you know, if you want to use Apple Arcade and stuff like that. But uh, it's um, it's not a huge jump over Mojave. So, yeah, if you were happy using Mojave. Yeah. yeah. And you don't feel the need for all the doodads. Yeah. So. Or, or Sierra. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Before we move on, I would like to go back to Rafalco, who said the App Store is still horrible. Oh, but, right. Yes, because th- this is this is related. Now, I'm not sure if he's talking about the interface, because I had a problem with that yesterday, mm. or if he's talking about the fact that there's just, like, so little on it. See, that's one of the cool things about iPadOS and iOS, the app stores on that. Apple controls that. You know, that's one of the reasons why they're under. But that's the place you go. As a result, you always have really good offerings all neatly done. With Mac, you can still download from another site right. or something like that. And people don't have this incentive to, you know, n- not as much incentive for Apple to list it on there and Apple to take its cut and stuff. So that that was a problem. I will say interface. I believe that the interface should be the same across all devices if they're going to go in this direction because I, canceling your subscription is significantly mm-hmm. different through the App Store on the Mac than it is on the iOS. It's simplicity itself on the uh, yeah. on iOS, and I'm surprised that they didn't do that with the Mac. So I feel like the it should be a, a since it looks very similar, uh, kind of like Apple News does. Um, yeah, I feel like it should be a very similar. You, you should know what to do on each device, and that's you know that's one reason why I will say it sucks. But yeah, also there's you know there's not a lot of good stuff on there compared to what you'll get you know from other. You know, just from searching on the web. But the problem is, is you have to do that searching. You have to look at best productivity apps or something like that for Mac, as opposed to it being right there listed. Yeah. So. Yeah, it would also be nice if I could install an iPhone or buy an iPhone app on my Mac and have it install on my iPhone and be there when I'm ready for it. Like that's the way you used to do it in iTunes. Yeah. Yeah, or Android does that. I mean, it just it seems like like yeah, right. iTunes too. Yeah. Although iTunes was awful. (laughs) <laughs> but the, like you know, why can't I just why why isn't there a web interface? If I like, a lot of times when I'll read an article about something, like oh that sounds like a fun app, and I go to the website and it says ten sends me to my store, or you know my, it sends me to my phone, and my phone is I don't want to pick up my phone, so I forget about it and it's over. Mm-hmm. If I could just hit a button, have it installed to my account, and be ready on my phone next time I opened it, it seems like a, a an Apple like solution to a to a simple problem. Yeah. There must be something in terms of the way that they've 
found how people use the devices where they want to separate, make the lines between the devices a lot more defined than they have been in the past. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I think they just, they just don't have, I think they have teams that don't talk to each other is what I think the problem is. We, we've seen, you know, little, like every now and again, somebody props up on Twitter and has like a story about Apple and blah, blah, blah. But I think the biggest problem is they just, they're so big. Like they used to be so nimble and small and everything was interrelated and everybody talked to each other and designed together. And it's, it's not happening, you know, for a couple of reasons, but the big one is that they're just too damn big. Going back to the app store, the one thing that I still haven't gotten used to about the the new app store mm-hmm. is how they kind of showcase apps. I'm used to kind of just going in and, you know, like in iTunes, how it used to be or right. or that kind of style, the, the older app store where, you know, they had the showcase, but it was up top, but you could, you could kind of ignore it. It was easier to ignore than it is now. They, they put a lot of work into showcasing certain apps for people. I don't know if I'm into that as much. It's, it's, I guess because I, when I go into the app store, I sort of know what I want to get. Right. Yeah, I think you'd be surprised how many people window shopping, yeah, for lack of yeah, a better word. Yeah. I think it's useful. And, you know, it goes back to what I was saying about them trying to unify the experience across all of them. And that, that's kind of what was my point before is when I go whole hog and do it, yeah, really do it that way. But, uh, but yeah, because, you know, it's, it's that way on the app store too where you yeah. got to scroll through all the stuff to yeah. see what you actually want. <laughs> so, uh, they they do sometimes have some good uh good stuff on there. Yeah, they, I think they make good they showcase good apps. Mm-hmm. But I always want to try and get past that so I can get to where I want to go. Yeah. Um, and you could say we, you know, going back to kind of what we were saying earlier that we're kind of in the know and we know what we're looking for yeah. whereas someone else might not. Yeah. yeah. iOS 13 has also been out and has also been getting several updates uh, a lot of feedback from our readers sam barber on facebook said that he had a lot of problems with sound and vibrations marty mcbride had the bluetooth disconnecting from some cars hopefully this is truly fixed he says mel temple on facebook says that ios 13 has had plenty of patches in a matter of one month shouldn't have rushed it to the consumers and uh, Sandeep Roy says that this is iOS 8 reborn. Meanwhile, he's waiting for iOS 13.3.3 to drop. I haven't had <laughs> very many issues with iOS 13. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe I just don't use my phone the way other people do. The main thing I have, and I've heard people say this, is the light seems to come on. Like The other day, yesterday, I was convinced my flashlight came on and I did nothing because I was actually holding the phone. (laughs) I was, yeah, I mean, I was holding it like this and it just came on and I was like, okay. (laughs) So that's that's one of the only, and I've heard other people saying that too. So, uh, but uh, have not Sound and vibrations, no. When I when I'm in, I'm talking about the Bluetooth connecting on cars. That's not the same thing. But I've noticed uh, in the Muni subway um, that it seems to. Ha- this always seems to happen after a new iOS release. But it has seems to have a hard time connect reconnecting between tracks. And sometimes I'll go like the entire, you know, 
Civic Center, Van Ness, and Church, and it will never pick up again. And uh, that usually doesn't happen, and so that's annoying. But that's you know that's not the Bluetooth. That's like the the cellular connection. But if I remember correctly, that happened with iOS 12 too. And they fixed it eventually. But oh, and as far as Temple has plenty of patches in a matter of one month, and I partially agree but at the other hand at least they're upgrading i mean at least they're updating um yeah at least they are doing it and and again you know ios 12 was pretty not eventful in terms of bugs and stuff like i don't want to say was bug free but i didn't hear a lot of problems with ios 12 so like i said is the bar lowered because of that well see the thing is is uh, i i think people are forgetting that was kind of the whole point of ios 12 right it was a cleanup release they said we're going to pull back from introducing all this new stuff and we're going to clean this up and uh yeah i felt like you said i think people got a little spoiled by that it was not a flashy you know update got some feedback in regards to the airpods Apple's AirPods, the uh, wireless earphones that are very, very popular. Uh, Jeff Emery on Facebook says that they're a great innovation for many people, but who considers those of us who use hearing aids, trying to use headphones that press your ear onto the device, or buds that don't seat firmly because of the air tube stuck in your ear canal? Regardless of price, I will not be forsaking my hearing aids for AirPods that will fall out when I walk. That's a tough one, Jeff. I know that's a tough one. <laughs> Because I hate to say it, but there's a small number of those users that an Apple can forsake those users. I think you're going to be best with like over-ear headphones or something. <laughs> yeah, but that's why they make lots of different kinds. Right, AirPods yeah. aren't for everyone. And, I mean, have you seen Service Buds and Pixel Buds? I mean, you know, AirPods are still the best true wireless, at least design-wise, that I've seen. And they're expensive, but keep in mind that the PowerBeats Pro, the, the yeah. Power Pro are kind of like, uh, you know, they they act m- very much like the AirPods, but they loop around your ear. So, they're yeah, they're, they are kind of held on to your ear by default. So, uh, Jeff, if you were considering that, you might want to go for the PowerBeats Pro. And uh, they look all right, yeah. CGina2 on Twitter says that, says, I have five sets of wired headphones, two still in cardboard, all provided by Apple with new devices, these being the ones I did not recently throw away. They last in part because I rarely use them because of the wires. I have AirPods now, and I use them almost every day because of no wires. What Can I ask what article is this in response to? This was in, in response to a... Um, a Macalope article, uh, and okay. the Macalope was point was pointing out a um, another article. I don't remember uh, who who from about talking about criticizing the AirPods and uh, their wireless status. Um, okay. I don't know why everybody hates the AirPods so much. Oh my God, <laughs> I mean, they're they're you know they're quirky and weird, and people just hate on. Thanks. <laughs> it was NBC. Nikki Wolf said, yeah, Apple's AirPods do. changed everything. They gave the company near right. monopolistic power over users. Oh, come on. Okay, see, the thing I hated about wires, maybe I, I am clumsy, I am awkward and stuff like this. I was always getting those things stuck on doorknobs and everything mm-hmm. when I was, yeah. you know, they yank out of your ear and stuff, especially on, you know, 
the bus or the subway or something like that. Somebody accidentally puts your arm through there and stuff, and it yanks out of your ear. And yeah, all that stuff's annoying. And uh, how could anyone say that Apple has a monopoly on wi- a wireless headphones? I mean, you can throw a rock and hit it. Well, that's why the Macalobe took this on this particular that's insane. Well. Uh, kind of along the lines, at iPhoto the World says, I was given a pair of rocker wired earbuds in 2011, and I still use them to this day because I roll them up and keep them in a case the rest of the time because they're $200 earbuds. I'm not buying AirPods ever. Stop trying to convince me. We're not so, convincing you. No, we're not like convincing you. Yeah. yeah, nobody's <laughs> trying to convince you of anything. It's, you know, if you want to use wired Headphones. Apple sells wired headphones. Yes. Yeah, Apple still sells <laughs> wired headphones. You, I mean, okay, whatever, you have to use a dongle, See, but is, oh. Apple sells the dongle. Right. <laughs> I, I use Powerbeats uh, 3, I think I have, or maybe 2, I don't know. And I, I love them, yeah. but I'm not going to begrudge someone who wants AirPods or get angry at Apple for even just selling them. Yeah. Whatever. It, Go ahead, buy them. I don't care what you do. <laughs> As a commuter, you know, as a person who lives on foot, AirPods are wonderful. I can just slip them in and out and stuff, and I can still hear the world around me. Yes, I do actually consider that a plus. And uh, I have the proper ears for them, so no, they don't fall out while I'm walking around. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, but that I'm not actively pressing people to, you know, sometimes I said, or you could get AirPods. You know, I'll do it like that. Right. But it's it's not like I'm trying to say, you must get them. Yeah, I never look at someone Even and Apple say, doesn't really do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they sell all, all they, they, I don't, I don't know. This is silly. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> well, that's why I wanted to bring it up. So Mike could say, this is silly. <laughs> Peter Wendell and Derek J. Fisher had a couple of comments about the Mac Pro and sort of in relation to how we were talking about earlier about waiting for a event to come up soon. Wendell says that the Mac Pro was due for 2019 release, and 2019 is almost finished. And, well, they did uh, say they did say late 2019. Yeah, like the, the, the last time they did that, <laughs> I want to say it was the iMac Pro, and it came out like December 28th or something. something like like that, they yeah. just made it. Yeah, and then they also famously delayed HomePod. You know, it, just because yeah. they say something's happening doesn't mean it's gonna. Derek J. Fisher says that he can't wait. He needs it now. You got some money there. Yeah, he's got, he's got money to burn. <laughs> so. What do you do in reading our site? Yeah. <laughs> he's got some money to burn. So. Uh, the thing is, people are like, well, the holidays are coming up. And I'm like, the Mac yeah, Pro is no not a buying. holiday purchase. <laughs> if, if the Mac Pro is a holiday purchase, you've got a very good friend yeah, or family seriously. member. Yeah. <laughs> So you better be very nice to that person because that's an expensive present they're buying for somebody. Just, just buy him a pair of AirPods. Yeah, so. um, maybe, <laughs> maybe you can think of it uh, the other way too. Is that that is the first quarter for a lot of companies' fiscal year? Right. So they've got money to spend. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why Apple often releases these kind of pro machines towards the end of the year, calendar-wise, because. Fiscal year for a lot of companies, it's the first quarter. It's it's there. It's Apple's first quarter too. Yeah, yeah it's Apple's first right. quarter, mm-hmm. and you know they want to make money on the first quarter because the first no the first quarter is often the most prosperous quarter. Is that right? 
Well, for them, because it's a holiday quarter. Because of the, it's a holiday quarter, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I mean, I, I don't know how it works for like you know GE or something, but um, Apple <laughs> right. Apple sells a ton of iPhones and iPads and stuff. Right. That's why a lot of companies make their first quarter the end of the calendar year, so they can start to, their fiscal year prosperously. Correct. Yeah. GE Prosper selling sleep. all those Christmas lights. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we're waiting for it too. I'm not waiting for it. <laughs> I'd like to see it in action. Although That's if we get one, I'm I'm flying to San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Our final take for the show comes from John Varga. It's in response to the iMac Fusion Drive. We po- we posted an article about what to do if your Fusion Drive is showing signs of failure. Uh, John Varga says, "Don't get one in the first place." Mm. And I wanted to bring this up because this is kind of a good example of what Apple, of what not just Apple, but when a company provides sort of a tech solution in the past mm-hmm. to address something. So in this case, the Fusion Drive was made to address the the issue that SSDs were really expensive, but the speed it was it was incredible. Mm-hmm. So Apple created the Fusion Drive to kind of compromise. Yeah. Over time, as we've seen, you know, SSDs have become lower in price. And at the same time, there was kind of a volatility to, to uh, fusion drives because flash memory works that way. And so they're starting to fail now. You know, what do you do with that? And, you know, John says, don't get one in the first place. Well, you can say that now. Yeah. You couldn't say that back then. Because it was just too cost prohibited back then. To yeah, it was a bit of a breakthrough when they came out. Yeah, so. Fusion Drive was kind of a cool thing because it gave you capacity, but it also gave you speed, uh, and it was relatively affordable compared to the SSDs, which were like thousands of dollars back then. So yeah, do you, would you if you buy an iMac now? Do you buy a Fusion Drive? Because they're yeah, still so available. The on Fusion I'm looking at it on uh, online now. So if you do the um, the fifteen hundred month fifteen hundred dollar twenty one and a half inch four K iMac comes with a Fusion Drive a one terabyte Fusion Drive. Mm. If you update that to a one terabyte SSD, it costs an extra five hundred bucks, which is not insignificant. But it used to be like a thousand fifteen hundred dollars. It's still a lot. Yeah, you can you can get a two fifty six SSD, which gives you a quarter of the storage for only a hundred dollars. So now maybe there's not a reason why why you should get a fusion drive and Apple well, i think probably, a lot of people are probably still buying them even, that's you know, true, even yeah. pr- perhaps unwittingly you know here's one so the cheaper one the 1300 one comes with a serial drive at 5400 rpm which is just a joke <laughs> yeah. so if you upgrade that to a fusion drive it's 100 bucks the same terabyte a lot of people are probably doing that who the hell wants a spinny drive in 2019 nobody so i think apple's probably still selling a lot of fusion drives yeah well there's the thing when uh jason cross the staff writer here uh he works remotely but he does come into the office every couple weeks and he has an imac here Mm -hmm. and it's that thing where he comes in he boots (laughs) and it's a hard drive it's not a fusion drive it's a hard drive he comes in he boots his imac and then he goes runs like gets coffee and it takes forever makes the rounds through the office because it takes forever to boot because it's just so slow 
I didn't know he came in the office every couple of weeks. He comes in every yeah, he comes every, every couple, couple of weeks. Yeah, because yeah. it mostly so he can help with the video production and stuff. So yeah, cool. Inside baseball. I was not aware. Was listening. <laughs> uh, so that does it for our hot takes. Uh, there was an event that happened earlier this week. It's something that Google did, and Mike Simon was uh, a part of it. My, Mike saw the new Pixel Four phone. Yeah, the, the 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 event was was horrible. I've <laughs> heard that. Multiple. It was literally the worst one I ever went to. The biggest problem was we knew everything about it. So you know, like I mean, all right. So we knew everything about the iPhone and the S10 and the Note 10 and all that stuff too. But these companies do, you know, they have flash and pomp and circumstance to kind of make you forget that what's being shown is what you already know. Google was just, it was very low energy, so it basically mm-hmm. just seemed like. Like, all right, you guys know what's happening, so here it is. <laughs> and it was an hour of just that. And it was like, okay, when is this going to be over? <laughs> and remember, uh, going along with that, when, you know, that render of the, I, I guess, the leaked, you know, publicity image, you know, showed the rear, what the camera looked like, you know, way back in the day, they just said, yep, that's what it looks like. I'm yep. like, Apple, yeah, they, that waited last second. Yep. Yeah, they came out and they, they showed that and they showed its, I guess it's marquee feature, which is something called motion sense mm. that mm. lets you wave your hand over your phone to like silence an alarm or change a music track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they, they told us that was coming, I don't know, three months ago, maybe. And I got a chance to play around with it. And I mean, listen, it's the, the use case is extremely limited, both in scope, because it only does three things. And, you know, even like the phone has to be sitting on a table for it to really be useful mm-hmm. or, or on a stand. But I've used a couple of these things with time of flight sensors. And this one was the best implementation. Like it actually worked. That's nice. Mm. So there are implications moving forward, particularly with accessibility, mm-hmm. where this could be, you know, somewhat groundbreaking for how we interact with our phones. You know, we'll, we'll see. However, the expense of that is, man, it's an ugly phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember uh, you saying that it was expensive, too. Uh, it is expensive. It's, yeah. Well, it's, it's 900 bucks. So it's $100 less than the iPhone 11 Pro. Uh-huh. But Apple is, first of all, Apple's Apple. Uh-huh. And you're getting that high-level design. It's Samsung too, a thousand bucks for the S10 Plus. You're getting that high-level design. You feel like you're holding, you're using a thousand-dollar product. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, the, 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 the curves, the screen, all that stuff. The Pixel Four looks like a four hundred-dollar phone. Mm-hmm. It has giant bezels, big forehead. You know, just the, the design is just eh. <laughs> and, you know, we, we buy these things with our eyes, yeah. you know, that's why we see these beautiful renders and, you know, for better or worse, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should be paying $900 for the tech and not the design. But at the end of the day, when you see it in a store mm-hmm. and it's next to an iPhone and a galaxy, you're going to pick one of those other two phones for the same price. If it was 600 bucks, they'd sell a ton of them because it is awesome. It has a great processor. It has, you know, like I said, that aforementioned motion stuff. Uh, technology, you know, obviously a great camera because it's a pixel. Mm-hmm. Android 10, the, the 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 latest and the fastest version. It has a 90 hertz refresh screen, which feels great when you're when you're scrolling and stuff. So there's a lot of tech packed into it. Mm-hmm. It's just it, you know, Google doesn't design pretty phones, right. and that's you know when I, when you're paying that much for a phone, mm-hmm. I feel like 30 percent of the price is 
design. And that makes sense too, because we carry these things all the time. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you want to see something nice with you. Yeah. Of course. And it, you know, from the materials to the, the craftsmanship, everything about it. And you know, the pixel, in my opinion, some people are going to obviously disagree, but in my opinion, just is not on the level of the iPhone or the galaxy and those, um, upper tier even even like 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 huawei phones like those upper tier premium thousand dollar phones it's just it's just not in the same category design wise i don't know if it's they don't care or if they don't pay attention or to kind of like brand marketing and understanding those kind of nuances in terms of product uh, yeah i'm not 100 sure either what it is if it's yeah if it's a level of attention i mean the pixel right. has pretty much looked the same yeah yeah. Since day one, I mean, you know, yes, the I mean, the, the forehead and the chin has shrunk dramatically and all that stuff. But they from the, from day one, like they 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 did not put a premium on design. They put a premium on the AI stuff and the stuff that's inside your phone. Right. So my argument is, if that's what I'm paying for, why am I paying so much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally you know, get that. You, it's, it's you're that designing that stuff already. It feels like that whole thing of like looks don't matter. It's what inside that that counts. Yeah, sure. I was trying to find a, a better way of saying that in terms yeah. of product <laughs> and in terms of the way Google approaches it because the that that whole kind of idea kind of implies some sort of superficiality, but that's not not really it. It's you know what I mean. It's or, or trying to play against that kind of superficiality. We're we're not gonna we're not that superficial, but that's not. That's not Which it. Would, you know what I mean? I, I would be fine with the Pixel 4 design if it was $200 less. Yeah. Like that superficiality is built into the price. Right. In, 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 my, in, in my estimation. And Google likes to say that the devices aren't important and it's, the, you know, it's, it's this ambient computing, they call it. Which means that ev it's always at your disposal. Like yeah. the Nest Mini, the Google Home stuff, the Assistant stuff. Yet, they, they sell me a $900 phone. You know, if, yeah. if that's your philosophy, if that's what you're talking about, like the device doesn't matter, the, the, the looks and the curved screen, all that stuff doesn't matter. And I'm, I'm totally down with that. I think phones are outrageously expensive and they should be 600 bucks. In fact, I just uh, reviewed the OnePlus 7T, which is going up tomorrow, which is $600. And it's one of the best phones I've ever used. Mm. So it, it can be done for less. Yeah. Google wants, wants it both ways. They want to compete with that high end, yet they also want to somehow appeal to the masses with this ambient stuff and it it's it it seems to be in direct opposition yeah. to each other yeah uh, google also revealed some new earphones yeah so they're um so they they had pixel buds last year with a wire between them and now they don't no and, more wires yeah <laughs> i mean they they're not coming out until next year i think it was yeah next year yeah. and um i saw them you know they're relatively big you know the the little they're little circles in your ear. They don't have the stems like the um, AirPods have, mm -hmm. but they're you know the, they're not as big as those Surface Buds, which is basically like putting a trackpad in your ear. But they're you know they're big enough and they're colorful, so they're, they're they're meant to be seen. And this is Google's attempt to I guess create some kind of a a character in their in their earphones. But I I don't know if it's going to catch on. We'll see. Yeah. You know, it's it's all baked in with the assistant stuff and all that. You know, right. I mean, they they do all that right. the The best product they came out with, in my mind, was the Nest Wi-Fi, mm. which is it's two hundred sixty nine bucks for a main base station and a satellite. 
and it's that mesh stuff. So, you know, it, it, it sends a signal all over your house and it communicates with the satellite and there's no degrading of signal of all that. But the coolest thing is that the satellite is a smart speaker. So, um, like it's when you put it in a bedroom, it works as a Google or no, I'm sorry, Nest Mini. Now it's called. So you have all that assistant stuff, and it's also a Wi-Fi router. So they're bringing that functionality. They're kind of combining that functionality, which makes a ton of sense. They also showcase some um, improvements to Google Assistant. Yeah, it inspired our own Jason Cross to write an article about it and say that you know Siri, come on. Yeah, he's he's absolutely right. Um, yeah. Google is so far ahead of Apple when it comes to this stuff. This this second generation Siri is faster. The interface on the phone is not intrusive. It's it feels like it's part of the phone. Whereas when you when you say, I'm not going to say because I don't want my stupid HomePod to go off. But when you say, when you summon Siri, it's like you're using an app, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be. It should be part of the interface where it doesn't interrupt what you're doing. It just kind of happens. Right. And Google totally gets that. And Siri, uh, it's, it just doesn't yet. Yeah, I'm hoping maybe WWDC 2020 something. I mean, how many years have we been saying that? Right, sure. <laughs> you know, they, I mean, they should, if they came out with a, with a $100 HomePod, it would, it would, change, it would change everything. Right. Yeah. Change everything. It doesn't have to be 49 bucks. I get it. It's Apple, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, th- th- what is it, $300 now? Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Yeah. That's still that's that that that's a high um that that's a high barrier, high bar for entry. Yeah. When you can get a an Echo or a or a Nest Mini for forty nine bucks, sometimes thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. Who who's gonna pick something that doesn't even work as well? It's enough that, that I would that not get one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean listen, the, the home pod it sounds great. I have one in my office. I I bought one because of you know this this job. Mm-hmm. And I use it for music, and it's, it sounds amazing. I don't care. <laughs> I want a smart speaker. I, yeah. First. First is a smart speaker. Then, then give me sound. Yeah. yeah great sounding speakers can be found anywhere. That's, so, yeah. yeah. And for less. And, yeah. You know, Sonos makes one for less. Yeah. Well, hopefully Apple will do something hopefully. soon. You've yeah, been saying see. that for a while. And that, that shortcuts thing is not it. It's too, it's too confusing. No. Yeah. People yeah. don't about that stuff but that's that's for that's for people who you know use automator on the mac and what is that what one percent of mac users maybe it's an an experts tool yeah yeah absolutely that just about does it for this week's episode of the mac world podcast episode 672 thanks to michael simon and thanks to Leif johnson You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, through SoundCloud, or on Spotify. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com, or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us next week as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you all next week. (laughs) 